And we're live. Ugh, episode truck's coming. Oh. Alright, let's, let's start that over. And we're live. <laughs> episode uh, 19 of the Jiu-Jitsu Journey podcast. Yep. Your host, Chad and Jake, journeying to Jiu-Jitsu. Yep. Beautiful day in Tennessee. It is. It was only slightly miserably hot, not extremely miserably hot. Was it hot? I thought it, it was like 81 or 82. Every, every time I went outside, it felt amazing. Well, yeah, you were probably in the shade the whole time. This is true. And then, like, getting in and out of air conditioning. <laughs> a great day. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, like, bad. Com- I mean, but it was yeah. just, it's still hot. Like, it was 80. Like, Father's Day was so humid. Yeah. So humid. Yeah. It was terrible. I went to the pool on Father's Day. Your pool? Yeah. How was that? It was pretty okay. Pretty okay. Yep. So. All right. Yeah. And, uh, I I got a my first cherry tomato off my cherry tomato plant today. Oh yeah. Did you forget? I think I lost something. Like like in my car phone. I thought both of them were in my pockets, but hmm. anyway, doesn't matter. It'll turn up. So it's either here or at home. Sorry. Go ahead. So yeah, the cherry tomatoes are pretty pretty good. I only got one off of it. Got my first cucumber. Did you eat the cherry tomato? Yeah, it tasted great. All right, awesome. Just right off the vine. Yeah. Um, and then I started making pickles uh, this weekend. Sweet. Just to, to try out. Like, I bought, like, these big, giant, like, gallon jars, and I'm going to make those half sours. Oh, yeah. So, have, like, I didn't grow these cucumbers, but I just bought some and put, like, whole ones, and then I sliced them up and put them in another one. See how long it would take, but excited about it. So. I'm excited as well. Is that, I like for pickles. To, for me to tell you about how good they are? No, to, to come over and eat them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like pickles now. The, the one cucumber I got, I got, I grew, looks pretty, pretty tasty, so that's good. Alright. Um, my uh, tomatoes are struggling. Yeah, two, two, two of mine are too. But, you got some of those some of the leaves are turning yellow. Mm. Yeah, I usually try to cut them whenever yeah. they start to turn. I've been clipping them. I've been clipping them. And some of the early tomatoes have started. It was a little deformed. Yeah. But, Which, I mean, that's how they're supposed to look. Right. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm going to eat them as long as yeah. the birds don't get them first. That's two birds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm usually worn out after being in the sun all day. Vitamin, yeah, you sound a little... Vitamin D overload. Yeah. You sound a little... Uh, is that a thing, vitamin D overload? I don't know. Because I always tell Jenny I got zapped by the sun because mm-hmm. I'm all tired. So I used to take a supplement of vitamin D and I stopped like a couple months ago just because I was uh, I was just kind of sluggish all the yeah. time. And I think I read that like you can have too much vitamin D and I'm, in, I'm on the sun all the time, so... Um, I'm just like I, I'm sure I don't need it. You know, not, yeah. Um, Interesting. But <laughs> I uh, I went to the chiropractor on Monday and felt great and I jumped off a porch and like 
landed a little too flat-footed, and I was like, oh, man, like, I think I can just feel it kind of jar <laughs> a little bit. Why are you jumping off porches? Because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a man, like, <laughs> now you're an old man. <laughs> Can't do that shit anymore. No, well, usually it's fine. I just, like, kind of landed on my both my heels oh. for some reason. <laughs> I'm, like, in straight-legged. <laughs> no, you're old. <laughs> We're not as bouncy and resilient as we once were. <laughs> Speaking of old men, I was coming on Thompson Station Lane, like, kind of from your house. Uh-huh. And I was going to turn on Buckner to go to my house. Yeah. And, like, cars were turning. They had the green arrow. And there was a pretty good gap, so I, like, went in front of somebody. And this old man gave me the what for. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he was honking and flashing his lights and, like, oh, shaking man. his fist. His wife was with him. I'm sure he was like, oh, Herb, leave, leave him alone. You know? <laughs> and I kept, like, putting my hand up, like, what? Like, like you didn't have to touch your brakes, like, at all. Like, I had, you know. Um, and, like, before I pulled in my air, I turned my blinker, and he was, like, flashing his lights and stuff. And Jeez. Yeah. But he's giving you the business. Yeah. He, he did not like that I didn't like that move. Yeah. And, and he literally, he didn't have to slow down. Yeah, I know and, exactly what you mean. There was plenty yeah, of room for you nothing, to nothing do. And I kind of had the radio going, so I could barely hear. And I was like, is that guy, is someone honking at me? <laughs> and then I saw the flashing lights behind me. I was like, that guy was honking at me. <laughs> um, so, oh, yeah. Got all worked up. So I'm not Over that nothing. old yet. Over nothing. Yep. Dad used to say you got to tell you you'll never make it anywhere, like because people like on the interstate because people just keep getting in front of you. Oh yeah. If you, if you don't yeah. tell you, yeah. That is frustrating when you're traveling at a safe distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People just pull and pull in between. Yeah. Or like we'll come from behind you and then go around. And it's like, dude, like, yeah, that was a safe distance there. What else? Uh, uh, I guess Andrew Wilsey had another fight on Friday. Yep. At who's number one in Austin, Texas? Which I did not see, but heard he won. Yeah. So via submission, I, I went back and watched it. Yeah. Um. So the guy got him like in. I don't know if it was a good guillotine or not. Like it's hard to tell. Um. Yeah. Like how deep. When he shot, like. Uh, the yeah. first single leg and kind of got him one, and he ended up getting out. But like that gave him sort of like an advantage, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but it's, but again, it's, it's kind of the chicken of the egg thing, you know. He would have never gotten that opportunity had Andrew not initiated a yeah. takedown. Yeah. So it's, it's like, do you give? It should it be a draw, especially since he also escaped. Yeah. It's like, because if he hadn't, if he hadn't done the takedown even tried then it would have been so so my position on that is this by via those rule sets where they say they give advantages for near submissions mm-hmm. if it was a decent one and he held him in there for a minute i think he should still get the advantage because you can say that about basically any move. yeah well but it's also like they give it. points for aggression and like yeah if i was a judge i would weight it as a like a slight advantage. Yeah. That it was it was a defensive move, but it ended up getting him to a submission instead of if it went to a draw, 
and somebody was like aggressively going for a submission. You know what I mean? Like that one would be weighted higher. But I think he still gets some some sort of advantage for it. Yeah. Um, but Maybe then also should so you because presumably it's, it wasn't the best takedown attempt if you were able to get guillotine. So it's like I don't know. Or it could have been I mean, an amazing takedown attempt, and then but the guy it was an amazing. And now it's, yeah, yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, it would be. Um, so then, eleven about eleven minutes in of the twenty-minute match, they, the ref stopped him and was like, "Y'all need to, y'all need to. You've been in this position for eleven minutes. You need to do something else." Interesting. Because um, Andrew didn't like his, he said, "I'm not pulling guard," and basically he like escaped from that guillotine to his back and okay. ended up in guard. He was like. And like said after the match, he's like, I didn't pull guard. Yeah. You know, like, um, but he was there. just, yeah, he, you know, he was doing his guard defense. And um, so then later he got a single leg. Same, like, he kept trying to, like, the same kind of arm drag takedown. Ended up yeah. being a single leg. But, like, it, it, once they started pushing the pace, the other guy got gassed. Like, gotcha. he was, and got the single leg, got him down, but saw past him, you know. I got, saw got that his back. Yeah, yeah, like, that was his. on Facebook. That was, uh. It was pretty awesome. That's cool. Yeah, those are usually uh, pretty fun events mm-hmm. to watch. Some, well, that was high level that I just screwed everybody over. Yeah, we were supposed to watch it. I wasn't gonna bring it up. No. <laughs> yeah. We were supposed to, but Chad forgot he made plans. So. Well, I also never got confirmation for anybody that we were yeah. gonna watch it. I was like a soft maybe. Yeah, <laughs> for a while. <laughs> And Dave is never gonna give you confirmation. For Dave anything. is always like, "Oh, Dave's he here." Shows up. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we'll catch the next one. I guess so. I think Andrew posted he's three and zero at his number one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think he he was in a fight to win before that. Yep. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. So yeah, he said, "Is did he say he's doing like a super fight at ADCC or something?" He posted like all the stuff he's got coming up. He's going to film some more uh, instructional. He's going to the trials. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know, but he said he's got a super fight against his friend and named somebody hmm. coming up. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I, I hope he's doing the trials. Yeah. Yeah. Should be awesome to, to see him if he qualifies. Were they this year, Dina? Because if they're out of the country, he's not gonna be able to go until he gets that whole. Oh yeah. <laughs> birth certificate thing. Well, hopefully out. they're here then. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I saw a uh, a thing. Rogan and Chappelle are coming to Nashville. So we had tickets to this last year, and it was canceled. Well, by it got pushed. The, it got pushed, then canceled then by canceled. coronavirus. So it just got announced they're they're coming to Bridgestone in Nashville in September. But uh, it said that masks are required at all times. Am I going then? No. I was like, well, hard pass then. Yeah. We'll catch you later. Good. Like, I don't understand why. No. It, it's in September. Yeah. I mean, it's already over now, you know, here at least. I know other parts are not yeah. like that, but anyway, I saw that, and then I was like, is that the name of the tour? Is that a joke? Like, you know, I'm kind of surprised Rogan would do it. 
Well, he's kind of been pretty cautious about it, like, during the whole thing. Like, he said he did a stand-up show, and then, like, immediately he just stopped for a long time after because he felt guilty, like, if anybody got sick and stuff. Like, I think he's been trying to be real cautious, but I don't understand, like, I just don't understand why at this point. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, Tennessee's been pretty, pretty open. So, anyway, you know, I was like, yeah, I don't want to go and wear a mask. Who's the last person that you know that has gotten the coronavirus? I don't know if I want to say because I don't know if people want me talking about their stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, good stuff, that's good But, you know, like, one, you it was back in recently. December. Okay, yeah. Not not recently at all. Because yeah. uh-uh. I was going to say, like, it. I had it in, no, like, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I don't know if I know anybody that's had it since then. So a few of the guys at Jiu-Jitsu were talking about it in December, I remember. Mm-hmm. We were there, and they had they had, had it then, I think. Jeez. I I was going, wasn't it? But, uh, and then, yeah, so around December was the last time I knew of anybody. That's weird. Well, uh, one of the judges' husbands got, I think, no, see, I don't even know. They don't even really talk about it anymore, yeah. you know? That may have been last year. Anyway, no, it's been, it's been, you know, six months since, yeah, since it, so. And even before that, I didn't really know many people that had it. No. Uh-uh. Well, you know, they, they flash the numbers all the time, but in the grand scheme, it wasn't like a huge, yeah. I mean, there are big numbers, you know, obviously, but not a huge percentage of the population. No. Anyway, not so. Not 330 million people. So, yeah, Rogan and Chappelle, let everybody else enjoy that. Because, yeah. you know, we went to Zany's a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. jam-packed in there. It's a tiny little space, you know, no mask or anything. Yeah. And then I went again with some other people on Saturday night to Zany's, same thing, jam-packed. You know, nobody. Yeah. Nobody cared. Anyway, I thought it was weird. And, you know, yeah. I will see those guys. Hopefully they'll come back around or, you know. Like, I don't know. I've never been to one at, like, a big, like, big arena. I just don't know if it would be the same. Like, It's not. Yeah. It's not. I saw Louis C.K. there uh, before he got canceled. Oh, we may have talked about this on the podcast, but I saw him at Bridgestone. Yeah. When he was at, like, the height of his popularity, you know, where he could sell out an arena like that. And it was, it was weird, but we had good seats, so it wasn't that weird. But I couldn't imagine sitting, like, you yeah. know, across the arena from from them and, and doing it but well it's like for for the most part the vast majority I would rather watch like a sporting event on TV yeah than there so oh, I just yeah. wonder if it's the same yeah kinda. well it's like there's something about the comedy club like everybody's jammed in there mm-hmm. it's you know I mean my experience has been at Zany so it's yeah. old and small and cramped and well, it's even, you know, like, I would almost rather go to, like, a high school football game than, like, an NFL game, yeah. you know, because it is, like, a, you're more involved in it, you know? True. But, yeah. I don't know. There are some comedians that pull it off. The arena shows. Yeah. I think Steve Martin was doing arena shows, and then he decided there was nothing else he could do, and he quit doing stand-up. It's wild. Yeah. He's got a great book about his early years called Born Standing Up. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, it goes right until he becomes famous. Like just telling his like kind of his life history. Really good book. But uh, what always has stuck with me about it is he was like, yeah, I wrote I wrote it until the time I got famous. Like because once you're famous, it's not interesting anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like all the interesting stuff is how you got there. Right. And, you know, and I think that's true in a lot of ways. Because once you're famous, it's all the same cliche yeah. thing, you know? Well, it's like on uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. Like, the best conversations is when he's, like, with another comedian. They just talk about the coming up, you know? Oh, yeah. Like yep. Those are, yep. Those are always the best episodes, I think. Yep. Definitely. The most interesting. like that episode of 30 Rock when Tracy Morgan his character is like you're too famous you're not relatable anymore and it flashes to him doing stand up and he's like people in Turks and Caicos eat their lobster like this <laughs> it's like and then it's like people in Cabo eat their lobster like this <laughs> that's awesome yeah Well, anything else you want to discuss before you get to... Uh, we're having a guest instructor tonight. Yeah. I don't think we talked about that. Um, Sean... Is it Hammond or Hammonds? I think it's Sean Hammonds. Hammonds. I think. Cool. I always feel bad when I get people's names wrong. Yeah. Sean Hammond. Did some research before this podcast. <laughs> All right. Start talking. I'll, I'll look something up real quick. I mean, he's local to Nashville. I'm, I'm pretty sure feel semi-confident about that. Um, I think he's in Kentucky, dude. All right, he's in Kentucky. I don't think he's in Kentucky. I think he's in... So it is Nash- Sean Hammonds. Nashville MMA? Is that where he is? It's a Guardian, Guardian. MMA. Yeah, I t- I've, like I've seen this guy and uh, seen him. Heard his name a lot. So, oh, it's in Murfreesboro. Well, I know they have one in Murfreesboro. I thought they had one in Nashville too. Maybe not. Because I think Chad Hardy is in Murfreesboro at that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they've got they got a bunch of people there. So I guess that doesn't answer our question, huh? What was the question? Where is he from? No. How weird. The question was how do you pronounce his name? Team Sean Hammonds.com. Hammonds.com. Eh, anyway, so he's he's around here, around no, this area. Good. Do we know why he they bring him in? Are they doing like a? Uh, I think he just wanted you know to expose the the jiu-jitsu players to somebody else, their style and whatever. Yeah, I don't really know. Looking forward to it. Yeah. It's it's always interesting to, like, have somebody else teach. Because mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're used to Clay and his style and stuff. Yeah. We've had a few, like, different people teach classes. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess we'll touch base after. Yep. Sound good? Yeah. Right. And we're back. <laughs> All right. Very good uh, class today. It was. It was awesome. 
guest instructor, so kind of, you know, it's, uh, it's always interesting hearing someone else's perspective on things, and usually they kind of teach like their, like, what kind of, you know, their big thing or something they're really good at teaching when they guest teach, so that's kind of how it felt today. Yeah. A lot of really good knowledge, and um, it was, he, he taught a, a Sean Hammonds, like we talked about before, and he taught a judo throw that he's very well known for. And I have no idea what it's called, but it was pretty it's, sweet. It's kind of like a, it's a foot sweep. Yeah. Um, there's one for this dude. He is coming out. Uh, yeah. It was, I liked it. A lot. Yeah. Was... Um, and I guess in kind of middle of class, he was talking about how he started doing it. And he basically does it backwards. Mm-hmm. It was like traditional judo. You have a collar grip and an arm grip. And the way he does it is you pull with the collar grip and push up on the arm. But the way traditional judo is, you pull with the the arm and push up on yeah. the collar to, yeah. to throw while you're sweeping the leg. Which I think in judo, it's a lot of, like, picking people up a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. picking just a little bit of their weight up. Yep. So I think his is more, it's like a, it's an it's American like a, a power version of it. Yeah. Yeah. The American jiu-jitsu version. Mm-hmm. Which I love that little part. Because yeah. he was like... Uh, like a lot of people call it American jiu-jitsu. That's what he calls it. And he's like, it's just more aggressive. Yeah. It's like we're a more aggressive culture. And obviously, we would know none of this without, you know, the Brazilians. Yeah, he even said it. He's like, you know, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for the Brazilians. But yeah. It's but just... like there is like a – there is a spin on it that's mm-hmm. that's being called American jiu-jitsu. Daisy Fresh is an American jiu-jitsu story, you know. Yeah. And I think they're like that style. Uh, I see a lot of similarities, honestly. And – uh in the pedago style and the way he taught, and especially once we started sparring, yep. it was, you know, like, it was like, let's get moving. Yep. And he yeah. literally said fight to the death yeah. every time we started. Yeah. The... Instead of, what does Clay say? Kumbach? Kumbach. <laughs> he says fight to the death. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Yep. So also awesome to uh, learn jujitsu from someone with such a strong Southern accent. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. <laughs> so... It was, it was enjoyable all around. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, he, you can tell he's been instructing for a long time. Yep. Like, he's very, um, his little <laughs> uh, uh, match with Zach was hilarious. Oh, yeah, that was great. So, he, he basically just said, like, you know, if you, if you throw someone a good, someone good, they're going to they're gonna scramble. You know, you're not going to end up in side control. They're going to try to re-guard. And he's like, you know, you're usually just going to end up in some sort of guard. He's like, he's like, let me find this guy that you, you look like you scramble, and Zach is the scrambliest guy we have. The scrambliest motherfucker just, to ever walk here. <laughs> just, just a nonstop motor, flexible, like yeah. no problem rolling and stuff. And so I think Sean was just sort of thought he would like go for a second, but Zach was like, you are not getting my guard. Yeah. Like in the middle of instruction, I was like, you're not passing my guard, and like, he just went and went and went. And a bit of a little, uh, a little contest broke out. Those aren't here. Those are tables of some sort. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was funny because Sean's, like, just turned 50 and Zach's 22, I think. Yeah. And so, like, the next couple minutes while he was instructing, he was, like, out of breath. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was, just, it was really it was a really uh, funny moment. So, yeah, great moment in class. And he was also like, I'm not letting this young guy yeah. show me up in yeah. class. I think once it was over, he was like, I did finally pass his guard. It just took me all damn day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was great. And, yeah, 
So a lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good class. I liked the way we sparred. Um, yeah, just uh, it was so it was interesting because uh, it's different than our normal sparring, obviously, because uh, Sean Hammonds was leading it, and so it was like kind of like what is happening? Like it was like real quick, like get get there. rounds, ten seconds in between yep. to find and a partner. If you didn't, everyone did push-ups. Yep. And yeah, so just like that, you know, that's a you know, another way to bring the intensity. And I, I feel like Clay adapts these kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll do that again. So I think that farm back there, they were doing regenerative grazing. Because you know they have those fences lined uh-huh. up? Well, the cows were in the one closest to us. They were in the middle one. It's like the one over. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that because I, I drive through here all the time for work and stuff. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what regenerative grazing is, look it up. It should, yeah. Should be the only thing anybody talks about when it comes to that's why, climate change. Yeah, that's why all this beyond meat and mm-hmm. eating bugs nonsense I will never accept. Yep. Yeah, there's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. even if even if it wasn't that great, like it's it's a it's a storage silo for all your grain in the winter time. Yep. That's what a cow is. Yep. You know so. Yeah, another great way to look at it. Oh, you can't grow uh, anything? Well, good thing you've been fattening this cow all summer. So uh, this this reminds me, I listened to a podcast, and it was Jonathan Haidt, mm-hmm. who wrote The Coddling oh, yeah. of the American Mind, uh, a bunch of other books that I, I want to read. He's working on a new book. He was on Bridget Phetasy's podcast, mm-hmm. who I really like. Um, and I saw him on there, so I listened to it, and I like that guy a lot. And after listening to that, I like him a lot more. Yeah. But uh, one of the things they were talking about, like, kind of on that topic, like sustainability and like, you know, we've got some, like, some climate issues and stuff. Like, what are we gonna do? And just like all the problems in the world. And he was like, well, one thing uh, humans are really good at is uh, rising to a challenge, like collectively, mm-hmm. and coming together and figuring stuff out and innovating and doing it well. He's like, so that part of my knowledge of just human history makes me optimistic for the future. Yeah. Like people will come together and figure, figure stuff out. And that's not just climate. That's like a lot of issues that they were, mm-hmm. they're talking about. It was cool. It's, I recommend listening to it. Were they talking that, like, did they reference like the pandemic at all with that? Or? Um, they, let's see. They did talk about that a bit, just like the, the craziness. There was like one really good part I wanted to talk about. I can't remember what it was now, but I may listen to that again. But I like I just really like the way that guy talks. Mm-hmm. Like he is very, uh, he's very like just something about like his voice and how he talks is very like reassuring, and mm-hmm. uh, and very pleasant. Yeah, he doesn't, like, to try to sound, like, super smart. You know, Correct. he kind of talks to, like, Correct. the common man. Like, he doesn't use a big word when, like, a, a regular word will do. You know, and, I think that's a sign of a good educator. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he's really good at explaining stuff. And he uh, he is uh, liberal. Like, he says it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's obviously a Democrat. He says it. But he is so, like, measured and... Uh, logical I guess would be the word and yeah. what he's talking about that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know like that you like I really don't feel that there's a bias there yeah 
with what he's talking about. Well, I think that's why he's like he doesn't have a lot of fans on the left because he's not like he's not a overly sycophant. aggressive about it, you know. Yeah, and, like, he's not a sycophant. It's like he's just <laughs> talks, you know. He's like, so this is I, I think this is what I'm trying to like get to. He is like the epitome of what I think a professor should be. Yeah, like insanely knowledgeable, able to communicate complex ideas. You know, yeah. has everybody has biases. Yeah. But that does not cloud what he is trying to teach or explain or anything yeah. like that. And when what he's finding out through research, like they did with the Colleen American Mind, if it doesn't match his particular ideology, that does not stop him from saying what he's finding. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I just really, really like that guy. Well, that's like, I mean, it used to be like looked down upon if you're a professor and people knew your political beliefs. Yep, they talk about that in there. Or maybe that was uh, Peterson and Barry Weiss. I don't think it was Peterson and Barry Weiss. Because she was talking about a professor that she really liked and she did not know what his beliefs were. Yeah, but I, but I think, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure Hyatt actually has talked about that before. Like, Yeah, um, probably. I think. Well, I think it was, it was probably in the calling of the American Mind. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, just in general, like, people used to not, like, you know, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But anyway, sorry to go off on a tangent on there, but I, like, that guy is awesome. He is really, yeah, really good dude. He's writing a book on capitalism Hmm. and psychology. Capitalism and moral psychology, I think is what he said, because he's a moral psychologist. Hmm. Or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, sounds interesting. They're talking about what a cesspool Twitter is. Yeah. On there. Well... So I'm I've mixed feelings about Twitter. Like Twitter is like I I curate what I see on Twitter. Like I, I only see things I want to see. Uh huh. You know. And, yeah. And I think if you use it that way, like I used to follow politics a lot on it, then I stopped completely. Now I follow a little bit. Like there's a couple people I follow. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just stuff I want to see. You know? Yeah. Um, so when he when he and Bridget were talking about it, because they are both public figures. And, like, he's an educator and author. She's, like, a, you know, kind of self-made, like, internet personality, podcast, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, like, so the, the way that they interact with Twitter is way different than us, obviously, because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're stuff. But he, this was in Cobbling the American Mind. He was, like, when social media changed. Because when, when I first got on Twitter, and I think it was roughly about the same time you did, which is, like, 10 years ago, it yeah. was awesome. Yep. Like, it was... It was so much fun. Like, I had a lot of friends on it. We interacted, did stuff. And then, like, it just started to change. And he says it's when they added uh, likes and shares on there. Hmm. Facebook added likes and shares, and then they did. And he's like, and then, because they researched it, he's like, you can see things immediately start to change. Yeah. When they did that. I guess I don't ever remember not having it. You know, Um, because I guess there wasn't a reason to make it memorable. Yeah. Yep. Because, um, like, I remember when I got on it, we would, like, tag each other and do stuff like that. Yeah, and just, I don't like, know make jokes on each other's The last time walls. I saw someone that I know make a post on Twitter. Yeah. Like, every once in a while I see someone, like, someone likes something, but that's it. Like, yeah. everything else is just there are people you follow that you have no idea who they are. Yeah. Yep. But that's kind of the point of it. I mean, there's other platforms that take that, like, the social aspect of it, you know? Like yeah. Instagram, well, I think Facebook. all... I think... So, Facebook... It's obviously gone way downhill, and the, the political part of Facebook has really, like, infected that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost un, unreadable 
during election years and the entire time Trump was in office and really the entire time Obama was just from the other side, you know, it's just like insane stuff. And then like, I don't know where, I don't really interact with my friends on social media, except Um, that me, you and Dave have that little like messaging DM thread, but that's just like, don't tell people about that. (laughs) That's all the dirty secrets. (laughs) But that's just like text messaging. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not anything else. So anyway, I post pictures of my kids. Yeah, that's it. That's all I do. I post a picture of my meats. Yep. So, yeah. And then they're just talking about uh, how detrimental social media is to young young people, mm-hmm. and especially to young girls, which I am very keenly aware of. Yeah. Uh, you cool to switch topics real quick? Mm-hmm. I have a uh, TV recommendation. Okay. Have you heard of the show Mr. In-Between? No. It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It is fantastic. What it is about. All right. So it's Australian, okay. first of all. Mm-hmm. So automatically... Strike one. You have awesome accents mm-hmm. and awesome, like, lingo that is Australian. Okay. Which is hot, uh, automatically up a few notches on my list. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. British shows, Australian, whatever. Yeah. All right. So you got that. So this guy is like a... Uh, fixer, cleaner, hitman, like muscle guy for hire, basically. But he also has a young daughter, Hmm. and he is also trying to date. Hmm. So it is a dark comedy. Okay. The guy that plays the main character is awesome. Because he looks rough. He looks like a guy that's been to prison, which is the character. And he can be, like, kind of nice... And whatever, but he can also be incredibly menacing mm. in it. And there are some legitimately funny parts, in it, but it's just an interesting show. I, I've really liked it. Yeah. Huh. Other positive, 30-minute episodes. Okay. Which is, so it's easy to bust out a couple. Yeah. You know, without feeling bogged down. The first, it's only three seasons right now. The first season only has six episodes. Okay. We're in, like, the middle of the second season after, like, two days of watching the show. And what's it called? Mr. In-Between. Mr. In-Between. Hulu. Hulu. I recommend it. Uh, do I have Hulu? Do you? I, I think I have Hulu. If you do not, then... I think I have it. Were you watching The Shield? Uh, yes. That's on Hulu. Well, I was watching... Um, first, I was watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, also Hulu. Yeah. Also great shows. But I thought I canceled it, but I don't think I ever got around to it. Mr. In-Between. So there's a great scene where the cops come to his door, Uh and he handles it as I would advise any and everyone to handle talking to the police. Yeah. And it's really funny. Nice. So so it's good. It's a good show. There's hijinks. Okay. There is random violence. Okay. There's comedy. You know. There's also a guy trying to raise, like, a daughter. So it's kind of some funny, funny stuff there. He also has a brother who I think has, like, some kind of neurological disease that he kind of takes care of. So, and it just goes. So, this, this sounds a lot like Ray. Uh, Ray Donovan? Yeah. Because he's got the brother that's got a neurological disease. Oh, yeah? And All he's right. a fixer. Okay. Like, and But he's got, you know, this family with his kids. Like, yeah. this is just a knockoff of Ray Donovan is what it well, sounds hey, like. I've never seen Ray Donovan. and it, So, maybe Ray Donovan's a knockoff. It's this. <laughs> well, let me tell you. It's a great knockoff. I'll watch Ray Donovan afterwards. Yeah. I know what that is, but I've never seen it. 
It's because Remy's in there. Like, his brother's got Parkinson's in it. <laughs> like, All right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'd so, recommend Mr. In-Between. I'll, I'll ruin it. It's part of Ray Donovan. Right. Ray Donovan. Yeah. He's a fixer. Like, he goes in. Like, there's this guy that he's a fixer for, like, Hollywood elite. You know, uh-huh. there's this actress that's getting stalked. And he finds the guy. And, like, he, uh, um, like, goes into his house, you know, to basically get him to stop. He's like, you either get the bat or the bag. And he was like, uh, I, I guess, I guess I'll take the, the bag. And it was like blue dye. And, like, he made him get in the bathtub and, like, dyed the guy blue <laughs> or green. And, like, so he just had to walk around and he was dyed green. He was like, right. Well, that's better than getting beat with a baseball yeah. bat, I think. All right. So, uh, I'm pretty sure that happened. That was like the first or second episode. That was a long time ago. So, so in Mr. In Between, the guy is like more low level crook Hmm. type. So he's like collecting money for a bookie and stuff like that. Like, you know, like the guy didn't have the money and he's like, I'll have it Wednesday. He's like, all right. He's like, I'm going to have to touch you up a bit. And he's like, it's, it's two days away. And he's like, well, you know, it's not today. So I'm going to have to touch up a bit. (laughs) And he's also in anger management for bashing the guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that that whole dynamic's pretty funny too. This is your in between. And it gets really good in the second season. I'll just okay. say that. Okay. So, anyway, right on. That's my my entertainment recommendation. Okay. All right. I'll try to remember to watch. I usually instantly forget when you tell me to watch something. I'm gonna text you. Keep because I want to talk to you about it. Okay. After you've seen it. Ray Donovan. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention it, like, the, the like, fixer slash, you know, muscle for organized crime or Hollywood elites, whatever, yeah. is, you know, fertile ground for entertainment. Yep. Definitely. All right. See y'all Thursday. All righty.